fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Wise friends will rescue you. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Well, good morning, Journey family. So good to be with you as we bring uh, to the end our collective wisdom series. We're going to finish that up today. And I I don't know about you, but this has been just a really great moment in the midst of all that is going on for us to lean into wisdom, to lean into God's voice through wisdom and to work through the book of Proverbs. We're going to end Proverbs today, Proverbs 31. Uh, If you're online and you're chatting, let us know if you made it all the way through Proverbs during this time. The challenge was if you read one proverb a day, one one, uh, chapter of Proverbs a day throughout this series, you only had to read Monday through Friday, then you just finished the 31st one today, and you would have read all the way through Proverbs 31. So hope you did that. If you didn't do it, guess what? You can start at any and every month with 31 days in it, and then you can uh, read a proverb a day. There you go. So um, congratulations to those who have made that through the Proverbs journey. We're going to end on Proverbs 31, which is going to sound eerily familiar to us. It's going to remind us of the way that the book actually started. And it reads like this. Just listen. It begins like this. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. She is, maybe in a different translation, as valuable as diamonds. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. I don't know how many women have been called a merchant ship lately and thought that was good, but apparently it's okay in here. All right. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She seeks that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, like it will tomorrow, let's pray, 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 okay? She has no fear for her household, for they are all clothed in scarlet or Patagonia. Okay, Uh, she makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. 
her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. Honor her for all her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. I wanna, I wanna say that last part again. This is gonna bring us right back to Proverbs 1. Charm is deceptive, but beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord, that's where we began, is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise, just like in chapter one, at the city gate. As we end this series, I begged the question, who is this woman, right? I mean, that is a list right there. I mean, uh, what am I going to teach on this morning? I mean, I'm, I'm a dude. I heard about this seminar uh, that happened this past year in Florida, okay? It was a seminar written by men, and the speakers were men, and it was a seminar on how to be a woman. I don't know how that went, okay? I'm guessing not well. That's what I'm guessing, okay? So, because so who is this who is this woman? This is a really hard question for me to ask. Like, I'll be honest with you. There's part of me that just wants to get into it and teach on it and share with you because here's the deal. I was raised by a woman who is valuable, who, who embodies that. I am married to a woman who is valuable and godly and fears the Lord. I am raising a little girl that I want to raise in the fear of the Lord and to become a woman of wisdom. Who is this woman? Several interpretations on this passage. Um, being one of them would say, hey, is this Solomon, one of Solomon's wives? Like, is he, is he holding up this wife? And he's saying, she's amazing, maybe. Um, is, is this, is this um Wisdom, just like in the beginning? Is this the voice of wisdom? I think it's a pretty good interpretation of this, that maybe uh, as Proverbs began, it is ending as well, that, that the book of Proverbs is ending like it started with a picture of this woman. Uh, I, I think that maybe there's a possibility that it's actually talking about the church, that we as a church body, we possess these things and we should live them out. But whatever your interpretation is, here's the picture we wanna end on today. The picture of wisdom embodied is this, a most valued woman, a most valued woman. And as we were preparing for this, I just, I thought, man, uh, if I'm going to speak on a woman of value, what I'd really actually like to do is invite some women whose voices we value into the conversation. I just thought, man, wouldn't this be a great way for us to end the collective wisdom series in, 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 in a way where we would lift up the voices of women who possess wisdom and can speak about this passage in particular? And so uh, a couple weeks ago, I asked Michelle Oakland if she would gather some women together in her home and if she would uh, do a Bible study and if we could just film it and we could get a little insight into what's going on in their lives and they could help us understand what's going on in this passage because their words to us will bring great value. Their voices are strong like this passage. Their voices are challenging like this passage. 
Their voices will encourage us like it does in this passage. And so I just wanna invite you for a few moments to listen in to this incredible Bible study led by Michelle Oakland and some other women of great value in our church. Watch this. Tell me what you know about diamonds or what you think about diamonds. Valuable. Beautiful. Multifaceted. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what is your guy's initial reaction when I ask you that question? What do you think of right away when I say you're far worth far more than diamonds? I think in my good moments it's validating, mm-hmm. and in my bad moments it's uh, it's overwhelming <laughs> or scary. Mm-hmm. That you are beautiful and um, valued, and that uh, you are treasured. Mm. So this is a harder one for you to grasp. Yeah. Um, I actually avoid Proverbs 31 <laughs> because it just makes me feel bad. Because I am, I don't, when you get into it, I don't feel like I do these things very well. Wow. We'll unpack those in a few minutes and see. Probably have more perspective in that. I think of the char- characteristic of diamonds being of value, and it can't be argued that they are worth what they're worth. It seems like our feelings and our circumstances. And maybe our surroundings are what rob us of that, especially with what you said and what you said, that we base it on more of what we're feeling like Mm -hmm. than actually saying, starting out, oh my gosh, I'm a diamond. I got to remember that right now, even though I'm not feeling like that. Right. I feel torn. Like I want to feel valued. Um, And I know that God created me to be valuable because in Psalm 139, right, it says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. But to actually feel that way, that's hard, like to feel valuable in a world that's saying that you maybe aren't valuable, you know. And so it's funny that you say that because when we think of our friends, we think they're valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we think of, I mean, I think of you ladies and I think you're valuable, but then I wake up and I'm not going to feel valuable because, again, because of how I'm feeling or because of my circumstances. I just think this is where we're off. This is where we aren't spending enough time in what God says about us and our identity is being flawed because of what we're going through. Mm-hmm. This is an incredible woman, but it can leave, leave us feeling unqualified. And I really want us to break free of that. I want us to set everyone free because I think this either takes you captive or it can set you free. But I also think it's our choice. No one is ever gonna be all of these things. There's no way. This isn't meant to intimidate us. It's meant to invite us. It's meant to be an opportunity for us to grow in ways um, as women, as wives that maybe we're not thinking about or maybe we're not feeling. One of the things I learned is that she's a woman of compassion with action. So you know how you can feel like, I can feel compassion for my neighbor, but I might not do anything about it. I think, I I just think that that was really encouraging to be like, gosh, if God's laying someone on my heart, I need to go do something about it. This really stood out to me that if she's opening her arms, like she's hugging someone, which means that 
not only is she in proximity to the poor, but she has a relationship mm -hmm. that would allow her to hug them. She is a woman who seeks justice to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I love that mm -hmm. um, because I, that's another thing I think we, we know what we want justice for. And I think God gives us those passions because he wants us to move and do things, but yet a lot of times we don't do them. I feel like right now it's just so, like you don't know what tomorrow is gonna hold oh, and what's so gonna be mandated or what's gonna change. And so just like not being afraid and centering your lives on God. So that one stood out to me. Um, I felt like this was pretty crucial because I feel like strength comes from the knowledge of knowing who you are in Christ and whose you are in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the root of this woman being able to possess these qualities because she starts with, I'm a diamond. The first thing that is mentioned in the verse is that she is far more than diamonds. Mm -hmm. I, I think I've just always glossed over that. I never really acknowledge that that's the first yeah. thing that we have to remember. Mm -hmm. And it felt um, encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. And I immediately called my 11-year-old daughter to me. And I was like, mm -hmm. I want you to notice something about this. And mm -hmm. um, oh, I had her read that. I'm like, you, before you do anything in the day, you are worth more than wow. a diamond. And so cool. I, I hope cool. that it sinks in from a young age, like that it's not what you do or what we would consider success in the world, but that you are his. That's awesome. You just took on number 26. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Mm -hmm. So that's a woman who disciples people and that's mm -hmm. what you see. You're more that we're all more than we, we all have these qualities more than we think, but we never sit around and talk about them either. My daughter's six and there's things that she says that I'm like, no, that's not true. That, you know, mm. and so I think at a young age, we have this lie given, you know, like that we're taking in because we feel like, you know, the world is saying this. And so. I love that too, that in Jesus, we get to hope for what we do not see. And that includes in what we what we don't see in ourselves. We get to hope that he is going to keep doing a work in us long term. So even though we're not always seeing it in the moment, we get to hope for what's to come and what he, the constant work he's doing in, it, in our heart. The world is also defining what a woman of character is. And, um, and that list is gonna look really different, right? But it, it's gonna be all super circumstantial, right? Yes. That, that the, the good women have, you know, birthday parties for her children on Pinterest and well-designed homes and, you know, they drive this car and this balance. And because when you look at, at God's list, these are hard. Her life is hard. She gets the wool, then makes it into yarn, and then makes it into fabric, and then sews it into clothes for her children. You know, and meanwhile, like, I'm busy complaining my daughter outgrew a pair of jeans I get to buy, right? <laughs> but yet she laughs at the future. Mm -hmm. So again, I think that goes, at least for me, what just struck me is that her source of strength is God and God alone, and mm -hmm. so she tackles the hard with joy because it's right. Like her priorities mm -hmm. are in order. Yep. She utilizes her gifts. 
Yes. And, yes. and I think that's what we can learn here. And I want to be able to do that. I think I do have a certain gift, and but I envy, I think, a lot of times the other gifts. Like, what are the steps? Like, what do you do? That's a good point. Well, the first step for me was repentance because the only way for change is true repentance. Amen. And to be like, God, I, I am so off the mark of what I think, of mm-hmm. what you think about me and what I think about mm-hmm. me and what I think other people think about me <laughs> and what I'm doing, that makes me feel good and what I'm doing, that makes me feel bad and what I'm not doing. I mean, it's like this game that God just wants to stop. Then I think it's verbally you'll think something like, ooh, I'm not going to be good at this. Don't say it out loud. Don't let Satan have ears to what your words are. And next, start believing. Tell yourself something different. Mm -hmm. Replace the lie with the truth. And, I mean, my favorite verse is Colossians 2.10. I've been given fullness in Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you know that God's given you absolutely every single thing you need, there's a lot of verses in the Bible that I would memorize some identity verses. I've been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. So if God's the head over every power and authority, and he's telling us we're a diamond and that we're full and complete, who are we to argue? So I would do that. Those would be my three or four things that I would start with of making change. But to constantly be walking in a cycle of confessing and repenting, then you get to walk in freedom and joy. So I really love that you brought that up in relation to this passage because that's not written there, but we see it throughout her character. She's filled with joy. She oozes self-control and is wise with her money. That's always challenging for me. Um, She's open to wisdom. She reverently fears the Lord. She's kind and disciples others to be kind. We talked about that earlier. She is selfless and put others before herself. I found eight acts of selflessness in this chapter. Um, She is present and observant. She is loved by her husband and children, which of course makes her day easier, right? Um, And makes her feel better about herself. She is an armor bearer. I loved that. She carries the armor of her husband, her children, and her maidservants. Talked about she's a woman of strength. She works hard and well and gives her all to what she does. Uh, Something tells me that this woman worked for Jesus, not for man. Because I don't think she was doing these things for affirmations or rewards or accolades. I think she did these things out of her worth and out of her value. Um, She's clearly a leader. She's fearless. She lives in community. I was reading an article about Proverbs 31 and it tied in with that. And the, the woman said, she's so busy giving the blessing she's not concerned about getting the glory. Oh, I love that. And I just, for me, I could tattoo that on my heart. Like that, I don't don't do it for the the accolades. I do it because it is right Mm -hmm. and necessary. And again, that has to go back that her source of strength is the Lord, right? She's a challenger. (laughs) She's challenging all of us Mm -hmm. to do better, work harder, think better of yourself. Um, be fearless, fight for justice, serve and help the poor. I mean, she really, truly is um, a challenger, along with encourager. Mm -hmm. 
I think we have to start with repentance mm -hmm. and be like, oh Lord, I just want to start out like a diamond because this is spoken over us before, this is spoken over her, like you said, before she goes and does any of these things. Mm -hmm. This is declared over her. Mm -hmm. So I wrote down, I am worthy because he made me worthy. You are worthy because he made you worthy. No one is or can be this perfect. This is a letter of encouragement and a beautiful way to think about living and encouraging others. Mm -hmm. I love that Proverbs started with the fear of the Lord and it ends, mm -hmm. the, the second to last verses, but a woman that fears the Lord should be praised. And so our identity, it starts with that fear of the Lord. Like, what do you say, God? It doesn't really matter what I have to say. It matters what you have to say about me. And I'm going to stand on your truths, not what I've formed my own truth to be. My challenge to you and to everybody um, would be to wake up and ask him for help, um, to help us become more of who he says we already are, that diamond that we're talking about, that completeness, that fullness in Christ. Um, and he's the head over every power and authority, so we can't argue with him, but we do. Um, but just to ask to be more wise, um, to be more loved and loving, um, to be more content and filled with joy. Uh, the Hebrew word shayil, I, re I kept reading this over and over, I don't know if any of you found it, but it means valor. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think she's just a mighty warrior and a woman of valor. Mm -hmm. um, to ask for help to be more selfless, more present, more strong, more kind, be more of an encourager, more challenging, um, be more of a provider, more of a leader, mostly more identified by God. I want to give a huge, huge thank you to, to that group, uh, to Maggie and Holly and Michelle Oakland and Stephanie Edwards and Lori Van Epps. She's my favorite. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, I, I, got to, I got to stand there and hold a microphone, which was like an honor and a privilege. Uh, we, we filmed for like 45 minutes and uh, the amount of wisdom, the amount of value, uh, the words of encouragement and challenge uh, were just alive and well. One, one of the things that made me think about is, uh, do we have this in our lives? Are we surrounding ourselves with groups of people who encourage us and teach us and bless us and add value to our lives? One of the questions that a great mentor of mine asked me one time was, how can I add value to your life? That's one of the most important questions that you can ask to both yourself and to others especially. How can I add value to the life of others because we are valuable? That's what they kept circling around to in that group is they, they recognized that this woman was a woman of great value, that she understood her value in the Lord, that her value wasn't in circumstances, it wasn't in the things of this world, it wasn't in uh, the the things that she was afraid of or that might go wrong or, or the, the season of life or a, a virus or a fire. She wasn't concerned with those things. What she was concerned with was her identity in God, that she was identified by God. And, and I just wanna glean that out for us this morning. You are identified by God. You are valued by God. He calls you by name. And it's out of that that we need to function in our lives. 
It's out of that that we need to encourage others to seek out that they are valuable as well as a child of God. I I just cannot say thank you enough to those women. What an incredible way to end our series together. I I wanna just go through some highlights with you. I wanna remind you of some things. There has been multifaceted wisdom throughout. There have been diamonds throughout this series. And so I wanna thank Derry Long. Do you remember Derry? That was a long time ago. Okay, remember back. Derry taught us that there was a tension, a tension between folly and between wisdom. That each and every day we're caught up in this tension and and that we can either choose folly or we can choose Wisdom, that, that folly calls out to us just as much as wisdom does. <clears throat> and so Derry encouraged us and he said, hey, you're gonna live in this tension and you need to choose wisdom each and every day. Thank you, Derry, for that good word of wisdom. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not supposed to cough these days, I'm sorry. <clears throat> anyway, splash zone, sorry. Um, <laughs> thanks to Alex Erlenbush. Alex taught us that wisdom is found fully, do you remember this? In trusting in God. In, in the, the picture that, that Alex gave to us was that you jump into the river, right? And that you trust, you don't just look at the river and say, oh, that river looks fun to swim in. You jump into that river, right? Because that shows trust. He encouraged us to trust in God fully, to jump into uh, the trust of God and then to allow wisdom to flow over us. Thank you so much, Alex. Drew Frazier, where's, where's all my Drew Frazier people? I see a bunch of you here, okay. All you navigators with your Bibles, good job. All right, Drew Frazier taught us that wisdom is deeply ingrained in our hearts, that our hearts are the wellspring of our soul, that our hearts are where good things come out of. Our hearts are also where bad things come out of, right? And so we need to guard our hearts. Wisdom doesn't need to just be written on our heads. Wisdom needs to be written on our hearts. As Holly said, she wanted to etch those words on her heart, right? So Drew encouraged us to have wisdom etched on our hearts. Thank you, Drew. Chris Townley then came and taught us that wisdom should always be seen through the lens of Jesus, that we should be looking at the book of Proverbs through the lens of Jesus, that we should be looking through all wisdom through the lens of Jesus, that we should be saying, is this wise in the eyes of Jesus? Is it the way Jesus would look at things? He encouraged us that even though we could have everything in the world, just like Solomon, we still might choose folly if we don't look through the lens of Jesus. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Chris. And then Bob, reminded us that wisdom is rooted in hope. Wisdom is rooted in hope. And I don't know about you, but I need some hope right now. Are we saying it this morning? Out of the ashes, hope will arise. We need hope and hope is rooted in wisdom. It's rooted in the fear of the Lord, the fear of nothing else but then the Lord that hope will arise out of that. And then today, I wanna just thank Maggie and Holly, Steph and Lori, and a special thanks to Michelle Oakland for opening your home, uh, for sharing wisdom with us. Uh, Here's how I wanna close up our time together. Just like I I started this series. Uh, We said, hey, wisdom calls 
aloud. And we need to listen to the voice of wisdom. And throughout these weeks, we have listened to the voices of wisdom, a collection of wisdom from a collection of teachers. And now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. It is your turn to be a light. It is your turn to be a light in the darkness, to go out from here and share your wisdom. What God has told you, what God has taught you in this time, it's not just for you. It's for you to share with the world around you. That's why we're gonna go into a neighboring series next because it's not good enough for you to just keep it for yourself. We're not gonna be a holy huddle here, okay? We're gonna share this wisdom with the world. You are made to let your light shine. So here's what I want you to do. Wherever you are, if you're at home or here, I want you to stand up and we're gonna commit to this in prayer. We're gonna commit that God would remind us of the wisdom that we've learned throughout this series. And we're gonna commit to living out that wisdom in our homes, in our families, in our communities, and in our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, we fear you. We are in awe of you. There are so many things, God, in this life that we fear other than you, and we we, we want to have the right priorities. God, I pray that even right now, we would take an inventory in our own hearts. What have we put above you? What, what do we fear above you? Do we fear the unknown? Do we fear uncertainty? Do we fear missing out? Do we... Do we fear not being acknowledged? Do we fear how people are going, are going to perceive us? Do we fear circumstances? Or do we fear you? God, I pray that you would be the rock upon which we stand. We live in a shifting world, God. And we know that even you, Jesus, when you, when you were teaching on this earth, you said that the foolish built their house on sand, but the wise, they built their house on a rock. And so God, we... We want to take this wisdom you've given to us, this knowledge that you've given to us, and we want to apply it to our lives in solid ways. That when the storms come as they are right now, that we would be able to stand firm in you and that we would be able to share that firm foundation with those around us. And God, would you make us a blessing? Would you make us a light? Would the blessing that you pour out upon us pour out upon others? And would it change our homes? Would it change our neighborhoods? Would it change our community, our country, our world? you would be a source of blessing to all. This is our prayer. In 
Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.